2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Osisko Gold Royalties First Quarter 2021 results conference call. After the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Please note that this call is being recorded Today, May 12, 2021, at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Today on the call, we have Mr. Sanjib Singh, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Frédéric Ruel, Chief Financial Officer and Vice President Finance. I would now like to turn the meeting over to our host for today's call, Mr. sandeep Singh. Bonjour, Mesdames et Messieurs, et bienvenue à l'Appel Conference des Résultats du premier trimestre de l'année 2021 de redevance aurifères au CISCO limité. Après la présentation, nous procéderons à une séance de questions et réponses. Si vous désirez poser une question, veuillez appuyer sur la touche étoile suivie du numéro 1. Veuillez prendre note que cet appel est enregistré aujourd'hui le 12 mai 2021 à 10h, heure de l'aise. Nous avons sur l'appel d'aujourd'hui Monsieur Sandip Singh, président and chef de la direction et monsieur Frédéric Ruel, chef de la direction financière et vice-président finance. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à votre hôte, monsieur Sandip Singh. Merci, allez-y monsieur.
1: Thanks very much operator. Um, and thanks to everyone on the line for listening in and catching up on us uh, on what we think is a very strong start to the year with our Q1, um, with an asset base that continues to perform uh, exceptionally well. Uh, I'm following a deck. uh, uh, I'm on currently page three. It's on our website. so If you haven't picked it up, hopefully you can follow along and we will point to to slide numbers as we go through this. Uh, Again, on slide three, um, what I would say is obviously we had pre-release production numbers of nearly 20,000 GOs uh, at a 97% margin. Uh, That's quite in line with the midpoint of our guidance, which bodes well for us for the rest of the year for reasons that we'll explain uh, as we go throughout the presentation. Uh, Records or near records on a number of key financial metrics that Fred um, will walk you through in a little bit more detail as well. Uh, We've also done, uh, we think uh, and we hope, a better job of segmenting the Cisco Royalties business uh, and and, uh, financials and metrics from our ownership stake in uh, Cisco development, which obviously I think most of you will know we are consolidating for the time being. I think that's important, uh, as I don't expect many of you uh, on the analyst side to be modeling us on a consolidated basis and hence the forecasts that are out there on us, probably not on a consens- on a consolidated basis either. So hopefully that's more user friendly uh, and something that uh, we'll continue to do until we, we no longer need to. Um, Big catalysts that came through for us over the course of, uh, of the quarter. The largest, obviously, is the IGNICO and Yamana positive construction decision on the Malarctic underground. Uh, and that story, frankly, only continues to get better since that uh, underground uh, development uh, decision was made. And I'll pick up on that as well. Uh, subsequent, subsequent to the quarter, we put out our inaugural ESG report, which we are proud of. Um, we've always been proud of our ESG and sustainability practices, um, you know, what was lacking was perhaps putting them on paper. And We continue to improve those practices and improve our disclosure, and that's something you'll see from us throughout the, the remainder of the year, as well as some unique uh, uh, means of uh, offsetting our, our carbon footprint, including the uh, partnership we went into with a private entity called Carbon Streaming Corp., which I'll touch on as well later in the presentation. So that's just a bit of flavor. For the quarter and the financial numbers that Fred will walk you through over the next several slides, and then I'll pick up again um, uh, thereafter to uh, to get into uh, some of that uh, detail I just promised. So, Fred, if you wouldn't mind picking up on slide four, please.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Sandeep. Bon matin à toutes. Bon matin à tous. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Um, good metal prices and robust deliveries led to strong results for Cisco in Q1. As uh, Sandeep said, including record revenues and cash margins as well as solid operating cash flows from the royalty and stream business. Our operating cash margin on our royalties and streams reached 94%, 97% excluding revenues and cost of sales from the renard Diamond stream. As Sandeep mentioned, we earned close to 20,000 GEOs in Q1 led by our main assets including Canadian Malartic and Mentos. As presented on page four of the presentation, 75% of our GEOs were derived from gold and 23% from silver. Page five of the presentation, we recorded record revenues from royalties and streams of 49 million compared to 37.8 million in Q1 2020. Q1 was the first quarter where Cisco is consolidating Cisco development results for the full quarter. And as such, we are now providing additional segment information in our financial statements, MD&A, and press release, splitting results from uh, our royalty and stream business and results from Cisco development. Cash flows from operating activities were $29.3 million on a consolidated basis. For the royalty and stream segment only, cash flows from operations reached $36.7 million compared to $25.7 million in Q1 of 2020. On page 6, we present a summary of our earnings and adjusted earnings. And net earnings to a Cisco's shareholders were $10.6 million or $0.06 per share, compared to a net loss of $13.3 million in 2020, or $0.09 per share. On a consolidated basis, adjusted earnings were $18.4 million or $0.11 per share. Which is comprised of adjusted earnings of 23.4 million, or 14 cents per share, from the royalty and stream segment, and an adjusted loss of 5 million from Cisco development. On page seven, we present a summary of our quarterly results, with additional details for, for the royalty and stream segment, including gross profit in Q1 of 34.6 million compared to 21.6 million last year. The average realized gold price was one hundred and sixty nine Canadian dollar higher compared to last year. Adjusted earnings from the royalty and stream segment were twenty three point four million compared to nine point three million last year. If we go on page eight, we present a breakdown of our cash margin for Q one. The cash margin on our royalties increased to reach thirty four point seven million compared to 25.6 million last year. The cash margin on our streams amounted to uh, 11.1 million, up from 8.8 million in 2020, resulting in a cash margin on our royalties and streams of 93.6% or 96.8% excluding uh, the Renard diamond stream. Our total cash margin in Q1 reached 46.5 million compared to 35.3 million last year. And Finally, on page 9, you may find a summary of our financial position. Our consolidated cash balance was $321 million at the end of Q1, including $120 million for Cisco Gold Royalties and $201 million for Cisco Development. Cisco Gold Royalties held investments having a value of $217 million at the end of March, in addition to our investment in Cisco Development. Valued at over 730 million for a total of close to one billion dollar. Our total debt was stable at 400 million, with over 250 million available under our credit facility. Back to you, Sandy, for uh, the rest of the presentation.
1: Thanks very much, Fred. Um, look, hopefully, what you take away from that, and, and you know, the reason I think we could go through that summary as quickly as we have is it was a very simple, straightforward, and positive quarter. Uh and uh and frankly there's a lot of upside uh from our current base, which I'll talk about in the, the remainder of this presentation, but the the existing asset base really outperforming and doing well uh almost without exception. So uh we expect that to to continue. If you look at slide ten and you think about that portfolio for a minute, I suspect most of you know and understand the quality of that portfolio um that's been constructed within OR. Um it provides, in our view, a very compelling value proposition at any point in time, but frankly, going forward, even more so. Um, when you look at the the gold and silver mix, which is what we are—we are a precious metal company, predominantly providing gold and silver exposure, the highest in our peer group. When you think about the jurisdictions where we live and breathe, uh, you know that's always uh, cause for uh, you know uh, positivity, I guess. But even more so, I think we're starting to see. Uh, the importance of that jurisdictional uh, profile play out. I think we're seeing risks rising in in, in second and third tier countries that are stressed and increasingly stressed by COVID uh, and perhaps reacting poorly as a result. So this is something that gives us an immense amount of comfort, should give investors an immense amount of comfort going forward as well. Um, Importantly, as we'll show you later on, our growth uh, is not only our production, but our growth is also in in, uh, tier one countries. Um, and we're also partnered with some fantastic operators, and we're partnered with them on low-cost mines. We don't really have any teetering production that we worry about from a quarter-to-quarter basis. Uh, and that's also important as we're starting to see signs. I think it's clear of inflation, and we're starting to see signs of cost creep in the, op- in the mining sector. Uh, again, it's not something we lose any sleep over. So solid across the board. If you add to this, uh, not shown on the page, but if you add to this the long mine lives, of our core assets, you know, you're essentially looking at steady ongoing production and then growing production with new assets coming along, nothing really falling off the table. Um, and, I'll, you know, add to that lots of drilling momentum uh, on our producing assets and on our development assets. So a good news story across the board, starting with on slide 11, a flagship asset that just keeps getting better. Uh, obviously the Canadian Arctic open pit continues to deliver Uh, a very steady uh, and significant amount of free gold to us. Uh, It will until the later part of this decade. It was already, on an open pit basis, the most valuable gold royalty in the entire sector. Uh, It's only doubled, uh, if not more so, in value when the underground decision was made. And I'll talk about that on slide 12 if you uh, skip ahead. Again, none of this will be a surprise uh, to to folks that in February, Agnico and Yamana made the $1.3 billion dollar go-ahead investment decision on the underground, extending our mine life from you know initially 2028 from the open pit to at least 2039. Um, that underground deposit currently contains 14.5 million ounces, only half of which are in that mine plan out to 2039. So we fully expect that as they get underground, as they ramp into Odyssey, as they sink the shaft into East Goldie, Uh, and can infill um, from underground, more of those ounces in the mine plan will find their way – or, sorry, more of those ounces will find their way into a mine plan over time. In addition, uh, you've heard the operators talk about how uh, the deposit, especially East Goldie, which is the highest-grade portion of it, is open, significantly open in in most directions, Um, and we've seen uh, a very uh, interesting step-out hole, kind of 1,000-meter step-out hole, where they intersected, you see the star here on the bottom of page, uh, 12, two and a half grams over 10, 11 meters. Uh, Importantly, hitting it within meters of where they expected it to. Uh, It's still on our 5% ground, lots of room to grow that East Goldie resource in between, obviously will be dependent on exploration success. Uh, But we've seen to date how quickly ounces can add up at East Goldie uh, with relatively little drilling given the continuity and the predictability of the deposit. So this is just a fantastic flagship for us uh, and it continues to give the, uh, and it, you know, this is not our commentary, although we share it, but if you hear the operators uh, in recent discussions, you know, describing it as early days in terms of resource delineation, um, there's a lot more to come we expect. The added um, potential benefit down the road as they spend more time on this asset may also not just be mine life extension from that added resource expansion. But there's also, you know, conceptual for the time being, but conceptual, just you know, commentary about second declines, about multiple shafts in time. Uh, obviously, there's a, a mill uh, that'll be ready, willing, and able to accept more. Or so all this is just a fantastic catalyst for us. Importantly, one that happened, you know, in a down market. Uh, you know, all this came out when money was flowing out of the gold sector. we started to see that turn around. Uh, We don't think it's properly valued within our stock, and we think there's a lot of room for us to benefit from the work that's going to be going on there going forward for not just this year, but for years. On slide 13, uh, just a couple quick other updates. Um, We're one quarter closer on the Mantos expansion. Uh, They're currently on time for the end of the year, now 79% complete. Um, so that's, again, a positive news story for us uh, into into next year, a reminder for the first five years of that expansion, we'd be expecting 1.2 million ounces of silver a year. Uh, so it's a significant asset for us uh, that we see uh, just around the corner, at least that expansion just around the corner. In the meantime, continues to be a very steady uh, outperformer for us. Eagle is another one worth uh, mentioning a little bit at least. Um, with the, you know, the commercial production last year, it's still very much in the ramp-up phase. Um, I think one of the reasons I mentioned our uh, quarter or first quarter bodes well for the year is uh, many of you will know that in the coldest months of the winter, uh, the Eagle Mine does not stack. Victoria does not stack ore. They mine, but they don't stack ore. So it's always meant to be their lowest production quarter. We saw that with uh, what we received in Q1. Their guidance is maintained, so we fully expect there to be a continued ramp-up over the year, with respect to our delivery ounces on Eagle. Uh, add to that, they are working uh, towards their Project 250, is what it called, uh what they call it, to to try to see if they can increase production to 250,000 ounces per annum by 2023. And the engineering work for that uh, will be ongoing in the second half of this year. Uh, just last point on the Eagle story. Obviously, there was a fair bit of excitement uh, yesterday. Um, with the announcement that an intermediate company has picked up uh, just shy of 20,000, uh, sorry, 20% of the company. Um, I think for us, or just in general, what that should show you is the scarcity value and the importance of 200,000 ounce a year type assets in Canada. Uh, Eagle is one which we have a royalty on, but we certainly have a portfolio uh, with more of those in it. So uh, we'll see how that uh, that continues to play out. <clears throat> Um, on slide 14, I won't spend uh, a ton of time. Certainly, we can pick up on any of these names uh, in the Q&A session if you like, but I think the overall story is the same as it's been for a while. Stable, steady um, production and a lot of expiration and you know, mine life extension, expansion upside potential um, on our producing asset base. On slide 15, you just see the, the guidance, uh, which I think most people will know, as I mentioned, we're, we're, we're on track um, there. Um, in terms of the ramp up assets, I touched on Eagle already, I touched on Mantos as well. Santana, we expect to, 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 to start production in the second half of this year, which is Monero Alamos is mine. Uh, it's a nice, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not a large asset at about a thousand ounces a year, but it'll be a nice one to have into the portfolio. Similarly for First Majestic's, Ermitano when that kicks in most likely early next year. I think there's, uh, I'll pick on on some of these uh, for updates, not all, but we certainly expect there to be positive uh, news. The Cisco development story continues to progress well Uh, on the Caribou side. What that meant in Q1 was a significant amount of drilling, uh, just shy of 50,000 meters were drilled. Uh, Some of that uh, has made its way out into the market already, 10 rigs running, a lot of effort on infill, but there's uh, certainly the infill is coming in well, uh, and uh, there's extension drilling as well, or a depth, drilling at depth, which continues to, um, and in between the zones, frankly, which continues to prove out. So that story continues to move towards feasibility study and permitting. In the meantime, we expect production from Bonanza Ledge 2, which is a satellite production, uh, sorry, satellite deposit uh, in the near term. So that's that's doing what we're expecting it to uh, on San Antonio, uh, the story there is to push forward on a lot of work um, you know, to, to get it to to uh, to catch up from a phase where the the asset was dormant for a number of years. That includes expiration, which is ongoing, It includes engineering work and permitting. Um, and all of that is progressing well uh, towards uh, initially stockpile production later in the year, but then the larger heap leach project uh, behind it. Windfall is another one worth touching on a little bit with the revised PA that Cisco Mining put out, um, you know, at a lower throughput than the current uh, mill configuration that they've placed orders for, but still at that lower throughput, uh, 300,000 ounces a year for the first uh, seven years, I believe it was. Um, long mine life, a lot of exploration potential there. Just a really stunning combination of size and grade uh, that's, playing out in front of our eyes. Um, Maybe the last couple things I would point out just in terms of quick updates, um, we saw a revised feasibility study for Horn 5, uh, which is the Falco asset, just updating for pricing and CapEx numbers essentially, or costing numbers, I should say. Uh, Progress there, which was positive, and progress there obviously uh, still uh, advancing with Glencore, which is the next major milestone. On Hermosa, we'll be expecting a pre-feasibility study in the second half of this year from South 32 on what we think is one of the better, if not one of, if not the best, polymetallic um, uh, development asset in the sector. Upper Beaver, and I'm, I'm getting close to <laughs> to the end, but there's a lot of a lot of catalysts on this page. I think it's worth pointing out some of them, at least in high detail. Um, Upper Beaver it was nice to see uh, Igmico in their update have that in a the pipeline. They have it kind of as potentially coming in to production in 2027. Uh, put out significant amount of drilling in uh, in their last results with the best ever intercept at Upper Beaver, 60 some odd grams, a one odd percent copper over 17 meters. Uh, so it's nice to see that progressing towards a study at the end of the year. And obviously we have a 2% NSR there that most people probably probably forget that we own. And I'll touch on it later, but we added exposure to uh, Spring Valley, which is a multi-million ounce deposit, he leach, good grade in Nevada, which we expect to find its way into an operating company of consequence uh, over the, uh, the foreseeable future. So a lot there, a lot of catalysts, a lot of growth, a lot of growth that we don't think we're getting value for. I think uh, I'll, I'll touch on this again, but I think our current market cap could easily be justified just based on our producing assets. So this is significant value for shareholders that's on the come, and it's uh, closer to fruition than it ever has been in the past. It also allows us to remain disciplined for growth in what we think is a still a seller's market, uh, and we're happy. I'm certainly happy that the group invested as much as they did in growth during essentially a 12 dollars to $1,300 gold price environment. On slide 16, just maybe finishing that story. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, I think our production currently could justify our market cap. Depending on whose numbers you look at, we're basically 50/50. These are consensus numbers. Uh, 50/50 uh, of our NAV is, is production and development. So there's a lot of built-in growth there that's paid for. And then to boot, uh, we already have. We also have a billion dollars, roughly, of equities uh, that I don't think we get proper credit for. And two of the highest quality developers in the space. And in a rising gold price environment, uh, in a rising inflationary environment, uh, we think that torque is important uh, and will add significant value. I mentioned the amount of activity on our ground. On the right-hand side of slide 16, you'll see it graphically, essentially a million meters, three million feet a year on our royalty grounds, which is a massive amount of drilling. Um, And got that same type of number in 2020, even though with COVID, exploration was one of the easiest things to take your foot off the gas on. Uh, you know our producers kept production going as best they could, but expiration was a, an easier uh, thing to to, to delay, uh, and so we expect these numbers to only intensify in 2021. On slide 17, uh, just as I mentioned, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, a nice tuck in acquisition for us on Spring Valley, um, going from a 0.5% NSR essentially to a 3% NSR on what is 4 million ounces, uh, mostly in the M and I category. Historically, I think Waterton will, uh, has put a lot of work into this asset uh, and will come out with an update in due course, um, but a significant resource, whatever the numbers are, a good grade in Nevada, an asset that we've known well for some time, and we're happy to get a, a bilateral uh, acquisition done there from, uh, from the seller or, or, or sellers. Uh, and if you look at the precedents and other kind of public data points, I think we got a pretty good price on it. So nice addition to the portfolio. Uh, Paral, just, just for, for your own note, note keeping and, and modeling purposes, um, we did convert just recently our offtake, uh, through a Cisco Bermuda into a stream. Uh, similar economics, but nice to get it kind of in a better accounting format. That was the last producing offtake that we had. Uh, so it's a cleanup exercise, small but, uh, but helpful. We also in the process, uh, Took what was a capped offtake uh, and turned it into an uncapped stream, so added some uh, optionality to that uh, that project. On slide 18, just from an ESG perspective, again we're spending a bit of time on as we put out our inaugural report um, just a few weeks ago, maybe it's a month now. I think it's fair to say that you know you could almost think of our portfolio as having built, having been built with ESG in mind, and, and frankly it had. It just wasn't with a moniker attached to it. But clearly um, we've always emphasized proper environmental, social responsibility in the assets we get involved in. If you don't diligence that, if you don't audit, track that, then you're really not, you're really not diligencing a mining asset. Cause those are, those are some of the easiest places you can fall down. And given the track record of our team, having had their own environmental and social license, you know, know what it is to have it, know how hard it is to get it know uh, that it hurts when you lose it we can certainly um, we've certainly taken that into our business as a royalty company and know what to look for in an operating partner uh, when we're getting involved in assets so for us that's the bare minimum you know diligence auditing exerting influence through contracts being charitable uh, when we've you know we've been blessed as a company and as as individuals that to us is the bare minimum of what you should do in terms of running a proper business Uh, since we can't ourselves reduce our, our footprint it's it, we're reliant on the operating partners that we've chosen to, to get involved with to do that and we're, we're quite happy that they are doing that um, We also chose to, to find something active that we could do uh, and now on slide 19 you see an example of that um, where we've partnered with a private um, carbon streaming royalty company or streaming company I should say through a small investment three and a half million dollars. Uh, and also through that have bought ourselves the participating right to partner uh, or, or to participate in 20% of their transactions should we choose to. So for us, it's a small investment with a potential high impact. It's not just us buying carbon credits to offset our exposure, but it's us potentially funding projects and increasing the amount of offsets uh, that there are out there in the world, doing it accretively through a business model that we know well and, um, and uh And perhaps getting better returns than are frankly available in the mining space right now, so for us it fits into our other category uh behind uh, precious metals and if we can put some other into that category that's green as opposed to anything uh, to the contrary, we think that's a benefit. but again, I would point out that these are small investments that can do a lot of good um, for our uh, our portfolio um and i'll I'll probably uh all right, not probably, I'm getting pretty close. I think if you just go to slide 20 to end the conversation and start the Q&A, I'd say it's a business that's working at every level. Really strong quarter, sets us up nicely for the rest of the year uh, into what look like strengthening gold and silver prices. Uh, a significant amount of cash flow, diversified cash flow, 80,000 ounces is the midpoint of our geos. Steady, long life, no real drop-offs in that production, uh, and a flagship that's getting better at every turn when you add the growth that we've paid for already and a billion dollars in equities, I think that's a lot of torque uh, to that rising gold price environment. Um, so uh, with that operator, um, I thank everybody for their time to date and uh, happy to open up for, for
2: questions. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. So we draw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Pour poser une question, veuillez appuyer sur étoile suivi du 1 sur votre téléphone. Pour retirer votre question, appuyez sur le dièse. Veuillez rester en attente pendant que nous compilons les questions. Your first question comes from the line of Ralph Profidy of 8 Capital. Please go ahead, your line is open.
1: Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Morning, Ralph. Uh, Sandeep, thank you. Uh, Sandeep, uh, can you help me understand the ultimate extent of the five percent royalty uh, at Canadian Malartic in the context of this step-out hole, and as part of the the resource delineation strategy as it potentially goes further and further to the east? Sure, Ralph. Um, so I can do that from our perspective. Obviously, we don't know the full extent of the operator strategy except to say that they're drilling aggressively and the more they drill the more they find all of which is hugely positive for us so i know there was some talk about um obviously further east you run into the the rand malarctic property line uh this is clearly um west of that property boundary so that hole was squarely in our five percent east Goldie zone um you know yes I, I i you know if you continue drifting further east at some point uh well past you know the point where I plan on being retired, you might get off of our five percent royalty ground, but I think there's a lot of ounces to to fill in the gap between the current extent of the East Goldie zone and where that hole was was hit again I think that's that's where the focus will be uh so that's all positive um for us you know again uh you know it's quite, the question is no longer i think you know is it this a twenty year mine life which is currently what's on the books. Uh, it's just a question of how many how many more decades can they add to it, but obviously they need to do the work to get there um, so that's that's what we're looking at uh, and and I think that's what they're looking at and 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 starting to turn the conversation into not can I add mine life or how much years or decades can I add after twenty thirty nine is how can we uh, sorry how can they um, add uh, add ounces and and fill that mill or not maybe not fill it but but fill continue to fill that mill higher than the 20,000 tons per day um, that is currently envisaged. So great news. And then eventually, if there is anything that we don't have a royalty on, I'll remind you Ralph and everybody else that we do have a 40 cent per ton, uh, essentially toll milling royalty on anything else that goes into that mill. So um, for now we'll, we'll, we'll take all these 5% ounces we can get. uh, And I think there's still a lot more of them to come. Got it. Got it. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, On the, on the spring Valley, um transactions do any of these royalties have buyback options um on the part of the previous owners or is this essentially a, a clean transaction with you know all the all the expiration upside and the royalty upside uh in in osisco royalties hands yeah so the the short answer is no there there, there are no there are no buybacks so we we uh we think it's a sizable resource already. Um, you know, obviously there's some. It's been uh, uh, you know hidden, if you will, in a, in private hands for some time. Uh, I personally think it's it's the best asset within that portfolio of gold Nevada gold assets that Warton has. Um, uh, know it well. I, I sold them some of those portfolio some of those assets in a, in a prior life, so I, I know this one well. We knew it well as a group, having had a 0.5% N S R on it already. And uh, I think in a world where people are looking for good good assets and good jurisdictions, uh, this is on a short list. So we're, we're quite happy to have increased our uh, exposure to it. Great, that's it for me, thank you. Yeah. No problem, no, thank you.
2: Your next question comes from John Tumazos of John Tumazos very independent research. Please go ahead, your line is open.
5: Thank you. Congratulations on all the progress, and thank you for the very clear format about the ODC expenses. I have three simple questions. First, why did you draw the revolver to pay down the convert rather than uh, just use cash? Second, could you review the uh, Canadian $300 million convert? do the end of next year convertible Canadian 2289? How many days do you have to trade above that level to trigger conversion or force conversion? And third, should we be rooting for the convert to convert so you have more cash or for you to redeem it so there's fewer shares?
1: Yeah, thanks, John. Sorry, I was just jotting notes down. I wanted to make sure I, I caught all your questions. And, and good morning, John. Thanks, thanks for uh, the commentary and the questions. I guess uh, first question in terms of why we put that uh, that that fifty million convert, why we refinanced it on the revolver. Um, no magic uh, to it. Uh, you know, I think we we like to carry. Uh, uh, meaningful cash balance just to be nimble in terms of, of looking for new opportunities. Obviously we can, uh, for most things, we can draw on our credit facility uh, very easily when we want to, but we just like to carry uh walk around with a little bit of a, a little bit of money in our pockets. Um, at, at the end of the day, the credit facility has a pretty low coupon. Uh, it's lower than what the convert was uh, that we refinanced. So uh, net better. But again, Eventually, you're right, you know, we're making, you know, we have cash, we're making cash flow uh, more than we ever have before. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to pay interest when I don't have to. So that's something we'll, um, we'll keep uh, the right balance on. In terms of the convert itself, you, you had the numbers right. Uh, it's 300 million Canadian due at the end of December of 2022. 22.89 uh, is the Canadian dollar convert price. And maybe I'll just tackle questions two and three together. Yeah, my uh John, I'd say certainly root for the share price, <laughs> you know, in terms of convertibility. Uh that's what we're doing. We we you know our our preferences for that convertible to be in the money. Uh for it to be forcibly exercised, it would need to be, and I'm going back some memory here, uh I think it's twenty days at thirty percent higher. Uh so let's root for that too. Um, so in we the end, uh,
5: Canadian thirty for it to convert.
1: No no i'm saying convert early i think because of your question so any anything above 2289 it's you know or or frankly below that next year
5: 2289 or greater converts it
1: correct correct um and uh you know we think we have the ability to get there obviously we'll plan for all uh you know for any and all eventualities but we're not concerned about uh about that convert uh at the end of 2022 we have a billion dollars of equities on a good day. We have a revolving credit facility, which is cheaper, which is largely undrawn. Uh, we're making money. We have cash. Uh, we have uh, tons of, uh, of options at our disposal, and we'll we'll deal with that as we get closer to it.
5: I can ask one more, Cindy. Thank you for replying to all my questions. No problem. It looks increasingly like OR and ODC could be overfinanced. Uh some of the group companies have projects that are uh, uh easy within their capacity to finance. I'm thinking of O mining in particular. Some of the group companies don't have as much market recognition or their projects could be a few dollars more uh I'm thinking of o metals that, Pine Point and Falco uh, near the Naranda Smelter. Uh, Is it practical for uh, some of the group companies to help one another? Uh, You know, the surplus funds versus the ones that need to raise money. Is the right mechanism for such an inner company loan, uh is it shares, is, is it uh, an, uh, selling a stream? It it looks like uh uh it my O D C has gone from being uh, in need of funding to to rolling in the money now and uh that creates a lot more capacity at OR too.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's an interesting question. And, and look, I mean, whilst we'd love all of our, our kind of uh, portfolio companies to be doing better, it's just kind of normal course. Not everybody does uh, well at the same time with the Cisco metals. I think that's you know largely zinc price related, although there's been a little bit of an uptick there uh, over the last several months. Uh, and they're going through the boring work of, of going through uh, studies and, and, and hydrology work, et cetera. Um, so I think at the end of the day, John, you know, these stories have to stand on their own two feet. You know, we've done, we have uh, uh, exposure to all of them, as you mentioned, or all the ones you mentioned, uh, but much like a portfolio and those are, you know, many of those are, are related to the group, obviously, but whether they're related or unrelated, completely arm's length, you know, we are incented to make sure our portfolio performs. And so if there are opportunities to help, if they make sense for us and they make sense for the, the counterparty, uh then then we'll look at those but at the end of the day i will point out that you know these these stories also need to stand on their feet on their own two feet we've made investments we've supported some um no doubt in the future we'll, we'll continue to do that if we see good value from a Cisco royalties perspective and we see you know the good reasons to do that but uh i think you know what we're happy to see is last year there was a lot more equity available in the system overall Obviously, some of our uh, our, our, our partners went and accessed it more aggressively. Um, but I think overall, that's a good thing. You know, wealth, and I'm going off, off tangent here, but whilst that, that means more competition for us on the new royalty side. Uh, I would remind people that 50% of our NAV is in the development category. So having a more robust uh, equity market that our partners can go tap into, they can fast track their projects, uh, you know, the market, the mining market's been a bit starved for equity uh, in the last several years so that that helps that side of the equation and i would i would say that that should be you know uh, you know the first protocol for for a lot of the things that we're uh, that that are in our group or just in thank general you. yeah no problem oh hopefully that answered your question, John. thank you
2: your next question comes from prinit singh of industrial alliance please go ahead your line is open
1: Thanks, thanks. Uh, good morning, everybody. I just had one question. I wanted to ask about Renard. It seems like it's recovering well and diamond prices are also picking back up. What sort of future diamond price or what level does the mine start operating again for that to start contributing? I'm trying to understand if there's a chance it could start uh, contributing earlier than the April 2022 outlined. Yeah, hi, hi, Pippity, good morning. Um, look, I think, as I've said before, you know, happy that the mine restarted uh, and into healthier diamond prices. You know, we've we've seen kind of a steady, close to $80 U.S. a carat uh, diamond price for the mine. That's, uh, you know, a step improvement over the 70 prior to COVID, and it had dropped as low as kind of mid-60s, low 60s at some point. Um, so that's a net benefit. It means the at those type of pricing levels, uh, you've heard me say that the mine kind of washes its face. We've been um, uh, intentionally conservative um, to exclude that out of our uh, guidance and, and, and give you numbers on an excluded basis. I think that's just a smart thing to do, uh, it, you know, because it's, it's washing its face. whilst we and the other streamers are putting the money back in, putting the stream back into the company. So it still needs another leg up to be profitable on its own. Uh, we think it can get there, uh, but we we're not going to stick our necks out and 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 take credit for those ounces until it happens. So can't give you exact timing, and and you know I don't know exactly what that. Well, we have our views on what that those those numbers are that diamond prices need to get to, but I think it's uh, premature to share them. I think we need another similar type step change, um, and hopefully that will uh, that will get us into the into the black.
3: Okay. In the meantime, uh,
1: it does it does it does it's, you know it's. it's uh, as I said, it's washing its face, it's running itself. Uh, we've preserved optionality to what is a billion dollars of sunk infrastructure in Quebec. Um, and, uh, and and I think, you know, torque to what we hope is, uh, is improving uh, diamond prices. Okay, great. That, that, that's helpful, Sandy. I look forward to seeing how that progresses. No problem. Thank you.
2: Your next question comes from Erin Kyle of CIBC. Please go ahead, your line is open.
0: Great, thank you. And good morning, Sandy and Fred. Thank you for taking my questions. Um, so my first question here is on Mantos. Uh, it's great to see that the expansion's on track with expected completion in Q4 and the construction expected to be completed in Q2. Uh, COVID cases appear to be picking back up again in Chile. I was just wondering if you foresee that timeline getting pushed back at all or limited risk there?
1: Well, I think it's always a, it's always a risk. Uh, I, I'd say this um, even at the height of you know uh, uh, phases, not the word I'm looking for, but uh, you know the first rounds uh, of 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 COVID uh, interruption or or, or, or or you know COVID cases, I guess first wave. Uh, the mine uh, managed to handle it well. You know the the mine and the expansion kept on track, obviously. It's an added layer of complexity. You have people that don't show up for work, people that you know need mm-hmm. to get quarantined. Um, so that adds a lot of complexity. But the team there has done a fantastic job of managing it, and the fact that they're still on track uh, and all it meant was you know a few months of additional is I think that was uh, admirable. So our hope is that continues on track. It, you know, can there be another small delay? That's always the the case i think it's the case for everything in mining for a plethora of reasons uh you know COVID being one of them but we we're happy to see that uh every time we do get an update it's still on track and 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 hopefully that continues to be the case and and we're not that far from it now so um, hopefully they can manage any of those issues that come up
0: of course uh thanks sandy and then maybe just switching gears a bit here to to production could you maybe provide some guidance on how it's tracking for the remainder of the year? If I annualize Q1 production, it looks like you're tracking towards the midpoint of your annual guidance, but with Eagle through its toughest months of the year, are you expecting an uptake over the next few quarters or is the
1: midpoint um, kind of appropriate for where I have it modeled? So look, I think you're right, Aaron, it's, you know, just, just annualizing that, that quarter where we're right at the midpoint, basically. Um, but as I said, you know, that, that, us is, is positive given the the low contributions. I think it was sixteen sixty, somewhat sixteen seventy thousand. Sorry, sixteen seventy ounces uh, from Eagle. Uh, if you take their guidance for the year, it implies nine to ten thousand ounces of geos for us. And obviously, there's always a bit of timing issue, but in the, in, nonetheless, a lot higher than what we're currently getting. So we expect we expect now that the winter months are behind them, steady uh, steady increases throughout the year, which can only bode well uh, for us. Again, you know, other assets will have been flow, but as I sit here today, I think we're really happy with um, how the entirety of the portfolio is doing, and that would be one, you know, one one big step change in our favor. Uh, it was, you know, too soon to, to say uh, what that means from a, a guidance perspective, but certainly something we'll keep an eye on uh, as the uh, the months roll by.
0: Right. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. That's all I have.
2: No problem, there. Thank you your next question comes from mike gentleman of bank of america please go ahead your line is open
6: okay hi sandeep and to echo john's uh, point uh, good to see the deconsolidation of odv and uh, i guess that's my first question when will you get below 50 percent so that you don't have to do that anymore and uh, i got a few more questions after that but i'll start there
1: Sure. Well, any, anything we can do to make your life easier, Mike, we'll, we're happy to do. <laughs> take, take some pressure off earnings seasons for you. Uh, but look, I think it was important for us to do, obviously, the first quarter. Um, it was a little messier than we would like. We've we've tried to put as much meat on the bone within the, the confines of what we need to operate from, operate within from a financial reporting perspective. The Fred and the team have done a fantastic job, I think, there. Um, I think based on some of the notes I saw this morning, I think we're still going to have to reinforce uh, a little bit of that. Uh, and, and we may be calling you to, to to make sure we're giving you all the information you need from us. So that'll, that'll be a work in progress. I think in terms of, so we will until so we won't. Uh, and, you know, as I said consistently, Mike, you know, reducing our ownership in, in, in ODEV is a priority, but it's it's not something we're going to be, Uh, disruptive about, and it's not something we're going to telegraph either. Uh, First um, priority was to make sure that uh, Cisco development was financed. And with Sean having raised $250 million, uh, I think that in a down market, I think that qualifies as as well financed. Um, And I I certainly wasn't going to be the one to want to push on a string. I think in the first four months of the year, uh, no one wanted to hear from any gold company. Uh, I think that's turning or has turned. Um, so, uh, you know, you can imagine that would only really make sense in a positive market or make more sense in a positive market. I, I you know, I, I think of this as, uh, you know, it's a it's a popular nightclub where, you know, it's a liquid. So there's a lineup out the door and if anybody wants to own it, um, you know, they kind of have to come through us. So we're going to be selective and, and as to who we let into the story, because we want to make sure we, uh, we make money on the aggregate. Um, and uh, I think we will. I think it's one of the better development stories in the market uh, and it's uh, tracking well to become an intermediate in not too uh, far uh, distant future. So long winded answer. Um, you know, I think we have a better, more constructive market. It is a part prior- going forward. It's a priority for us, uh, but we're not going to get too specific about it. And, uh, and we're going to make sure uh, if we do sell down, when we do sell down, it's, to the the right groups that are like minded uh and, and see a lot of value in the name uh, as we do.
6: Okay, thanks. I guess just following on the value, you mentioned earlier that correct me if I'm wrong, I interpreted you said that your investments, obviously O D V, Cisco mining, are not being fully valued in a share price. Did I hear that right? Like are they do, do, if that's correct, does that mean oh Cisco royalties oh, oh, is Getting a discount on those investments and in share price. If you're just trying to flush that out. Thanks.
1: Yeah, sorry. Uh, maybe I, I misspoke or maybe it was confusing. But but yes, I don't think we're getting credit for them because I think if you look at even the midpoint of our guidance at eighty thousand ounces, long mine lives, steady, nothing falling off a cliff. As I said earlier, uh, if you look at us from a price to cash flow multiple, we're on the bottom end, just based on that. Uh, when you add the fact that we have 50% of our weighting, uh, our NAV weighting is in development assets that doesn't factor into a, a near-term cash flow multiple, um, you know that's a lot of value that's there to be had. Uh, you know that price to cash flow multiple, the denominator of cash flow, also does not take into account that we have a billion dollars of equities. When you start to look at us on a EV to EBITDA basis and net off those equities, I think what you're left with is a very cheap stock uh and that's what uh, is our job to rectify it's nice to see some uh you know uh, appreciation for that uh you know not anywhere near where we think it should be still trading on a consensus basis around one times nav versus our peers of two plus so I think we have some work to do and I think I think we'll get there I think the, the positive catalyst whether it's you know which were both you know two of them were massive the spin-out transaction uh, in December the Malarctic underground go ahead in February you know all that happened into a down market um, I suspect and I hope that we'll start to get more benefit of that in a uh, in an up market so a lot of value three big pieces if you think about the production the, um, the development and the equity book and, and in my view my humble opinion uh, and we may see some examples that justify that in the near in, in the in the week to come but I think there's precedent for just our royalty or our producing portfolio uh, justifying our market cap.
6: Okay. Well, thanks for that. And just one last question, just to uh, on the offtake. So, so basically as of uh, effective April 29th, your uh, income statement will never have a, no more offtakes. Uh, we have to somehow figure out how to model uh, it will be very clean, just clean streams of royalties.
1: Uh, correct on the on the producing side. I think we do still have that was the last producing offtake. and not a think. I know we have a couple of development offtakes. Um, ones on a uh There's another one. Uh, so nothing in the in the near term uh, that you'll need to worry about. And, and uh, hopefully if there are others that others of those offtakes that come into production, we'll similarly look to turn them into something a little bit more user friendly for you and for us. But right now that's uh that's correct from a producing perspective
6: how much is this of gold and how much does it pr- produced gold and silver annually the production
1: well you'll see uh you'll see Well, maybe you don't i think it's it's looped into the other it's not a massive contributor i don't have the the number off hand fred i don't know if you do uh but it was a it's a nice it's a nice little kicker of the business but i wouldn't have said it's not a material asset so uh We've just converted it into uh, a different instrument uh, at similar value.
6: Okay, well, it's like uh, seventeen or eighteen million a quarter of, uh, I guess, which gets deducted off the cost. But
1: okay, well, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's 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 significant revenue, but it's it's at you know the smallest margins. It's not the the royalty margins that we have, which are one hundred percent, and then we add the streams, it's ninety seven. So um I'll I'll get you that answer separately, Mike, but it's it's not a big deal. It's just some cleanup exercise for us.
6: Okay. Well, thank you. Sorry for all the questions.
1: <laughs> no problem, Mike. Thank you.
2: Your next question comes from Jackie Przybylowski of BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
0: Thanks very much. I have two questions. The first one is on your uh your ego. Uh, asset, uh, I, I see you've got a 5% NSR on the properties of the Eagle. Uh, given that Victoria Gold is is in what might be, um, uh, you know, some sort of M&A speculation or at least a, a large investment by CORE, um, can you give us a, maybe a comment on how you're thinking about that, that NSR? I mean, it's, it's significant enough in size that it might be um, – Sort of a, a prohibiting step for anyone who might be looking to take over Victoria. Is is that something that you guys would be willing to uh, to renegotiate, or is there any wiggle room uh, from OR perspective on on that royalty?
1: Hi, good morning, Jackie. Uh, short answer is absolutely not. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, the point is, we we don't think it's an inhibitor at all. Um, Victoria as a company was working just fine with it. Um, even in a ramp-up phase, the fact that Kerr was willing to buy or swap for 18% of the stock in place, um, I think I think it's pretty safe to say that anyone who's interested in Victoria is interested in it with that royalty in place, and, and I'm sure assumes that that royalty is not going anywhere. Uh, if there was a doubt, I'll, I'll, I'll take that doubt away. Um, but uh, but we think, you know, as I said earlier, all, all that to us you know i'm sure it causes some some you know uh stress uh, within the system from uh, victoria this week for shareholders i don't think it's anything of uh, victoria anything but a positive i think it just shows you that there's a lot of interest in that story uh the minds working well it's it's kind of coming into stride uh you could certainly see the timing of that being a little opportunistic uh, ultimately they'll they'll do what's best for them from us, uh, it just reinforces that it's a quality asset that's sought after. Uh, if eventually it ends up in a bigger counterparty with deeper pockets who can get it up to, uh, to to you know production, higher production faster, can explore faster, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But we're certainly happy with the work that Victoria's been doing there. They've done the hard work. Uh, seems like they're ready for the payoff, which helps them and helps us as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Thank you. Um, that's really helpful. And my my second question was on the carbon streaming um, partnership that you talked about. I, I guess I just I was hoping that you could give us just a little bit more color on what what your role would be in that. Are you um, are you going to invest in uh assets that that would be eligible for carbon credits i mean can you just maybe give us a little bit more color on like how how you see this business sort of um scaling up over time
1: sure happy to jackie and so yeah so carbon streaming corp is a private entity right now it's it's arm's length uh to us it's run by former streaming professionals uh in the in the precious metal and and the mining space Uh, When we came across it, we thought it was a a brilliant idea, honestly, from from every perspective. Uh, They're first. um, They've got a a timing advantage, really, in terms of size uh, of trying to do this. They've got a deep pipeline of opportunities. And essentially, for us, what it means is, as I said, with $3.5 million Canadian, we bought ourselves an equity investment in something that we think goes up significantly uh, based on the interest we're seeing in that business. Um, We also bought ourselves a front row seat. To uh, their deal pipeline, um, you know, well, it, it's a passive you know role for us, but we get to watch this nascent business evolve. Uh, if we see something that we're interested in, we can partner. Again, as I said, um, you know, for us, it's rather than going out there and buying offsets to, to sorry buying carbon credits to offset our our exposure, be it direct or indirect, um, we're actually doing something tangible. We cannot. Reduce our own footprint, other than if we started dropping assets. You know, the only way we reduce our, our, our scope two and scope three is if our partners do it for us. Thankfully, uh, our partners are doing it for us everywhere we look. But we didn't think that was enough. We, you know, I don't think royalty companies can hide behind the fact that we're not operators. It's not our footprint. You know, every investor out there that we talk to needs to justify their indirect uh, carbon footprint. So at the end of the day, we are an investor, and we felt. Uh, that was coming uh, for us as well. And frankly, we felt the responsibility to do it. So this is our way of doing something tangible. Um, and essentially, sorry to uh, take a long run up to your to your question, but essentially what it is, is, is exactly what you said. It's funding through a streaming transaction. So much like your, our traditional transactions, pre-funding something, uh, a development project that will then create, instead of gold or silver, carbon credits through... Uh, preservation, carbon sequestration, biodiversity projects, um, and we would inherit those carbon credits to sell and and make money on. So doing something good, uh, reducing our our indirect exposure in the process, and making money, frankly, because we think the type of returns that are there are, uh, you know, double digits and significantly double-digit type returns. Um, So for us, it was something uh, real we could do to to, to, to kind of be an active participant. And as I said, it's going to be small dollars for us, um, but small dollars with a big impact. And you know, everybody in our in our peer group has an other category. We felt if we could fill that other category with something green, um, that wasn't a bad move.
0: And, and yeah, okay, that's helpful, Cindy. So to be clear, you're not actually writing the streams um, or or assessing the properties yourself. You're you've, you have a passive investment at this point, which which theoretically I guess could change over time in in somebody
1: no. else's business yeah no both we have a, an equity investment and we have the right to participate 20 percent of their deals so we are you know we're not you know we're not just going to offload that responsibility we we look at those deals when they show them to us we continue to look at those deals when they show them to us um and decide if we want to participate in in some of them so that's how uh that's how that works
0: okay thanks very much that's helpful. That's the no time.
1: problem no worries and, look, I mean, I'd say, you know, our our, our direct exposure is you know, negligible. It's an office space in Montreal. Uh, our indirect uh, footprint is pretty small as well, and we're working on tabulating what that is with the help of our partners, and we'll come back in our kind of ongoing disclosure with that. Um, everybody's out there trying to get to net zero by 2040, 2050, we feel that with um you know relatively small investments, we can get there in lightning speed uh, on a relative basis, so that's the end game. I think there's also opportunities to partner with our actual mining partners uh when you think about where some of these mining projects are there's certainly opportunities to add a uh, uh you know a carbon uh, you know uh, offset type project uh so that that's the end game that's the long game in the meantime um uh, you know, we think there's a lot of good that it can deliver for us in between
2: again if you would like to ask a question please press star followed by one on your telephone encore une fois pour poser une question veuillez appuyer sur Etoile suivi du 1 sur votre téléphone your next question comes from Carrie Smith of Haywood Securities please go ahead your line is open Thanks, operator. Uh Sandy, perhaps you could just give me
6: a bit of an update on what the status is for Hermosa. I haven't actually stayed that close to it. Obviously, it's a pretty attractive asset, you know, in the you There, could you just give me an update?
1: Yeah. Look, I think the updates, um, you know, in terms of what we can say publicly, we'll have to wait until South 32 puts something out publicly. Obviously, we track it um, behind the scenes. Um, so that prefeasibility is, is on pace for the second half of this year. It got. Delayed from last year because they're incorporating a, a bigger project that incorporates the you know the entirety of the uh, the resource package there um so stay tuned i guess but i what I would say as a reminder, you know this was and an albeit in a slightly better zinc environment, but you know this is something south thirty two spent two billion dollars roughly in cash to buy it's a again a, a really unique combination of of size and grade and has the potential to get really much much bigger. Um, subject to, to permitting other as- other other parts of the, the land package. So uh, we expect positives. Again, it's one of those assets that certain people forget we own, but if you try to replicate that now, it would cost you an awful lot of money.
6: Right. And do you, in your internal models, when would you model first production from Hermosa? Uh,
1: look, we do in our internal models, but I think it's, it's premature for me to tell you until South 32 tells us all. So I'd say uh stay tuned but it's whether you know exactly when it hits is dependent on where it falls within their pipeline obviously they're a big company they don't uh, do things for our account um but we do think this is one that they um they absolutely want to push forward uh you know time will tell but i don't think we're very far from that answer the point is regardless of when it is it's chunky long mine life and it's a south 32 asset so all, all good news, just needs a bit of clarity, which I appreciate, and, and as soon as we have it, we'll be able to share it with you. Okay. And then just
6: to follow up on Jackie's question about the carbon, carbon Streaming Corp deal, what percentage of the equity do you actually own in that private company based on this $3.5 million investment?
1: Uh, it is, uh, forgive me, but it's give or take on a, uh, Fifteen percent on a partially diluted basis—that's the number that stuck in my head. It's a little bit less on a uh, on a basic basis, so kind of uh, twelve to fifteen percent, call it. Um, and that was for three and a half million Canadian. They've raised an aggregate, I want to say, by now forty-five some odd million dollars. Um, so they're well funded to to go after their uh, their pretty deep pipeline. So we got in early, we got in cheap, and uh, and we really like it.
6: Okay, gotcha, Great. Thank you.
1: No problem.
2: Your next question comes from Lee Wei of Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, everyone.
4: Uh, I have a couple of questions on Cisco development. The first one is a modeling one. I noticed in Q1 there was approximately 5 million booking in G&A. Is that, for, for Cisco development, is that... Um, what you would anticipate a uh, quarter over quarter for a Cisco development for the rest of the year, or do you think it's gonna increase as as the company ramps up?
1: Hi Lee uh, look I think the 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 latter is probably a pretty fair assessment, so I don't know if I have a number to give you uh, you know what we obviously they're fully funded or they're well funded to to fund themselves and fund that GNA. but as they're trying to build, two minds um you'd imagine that they need to rev up their their footprint uh, in particular in, in mexico where they you know started from 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 scratch so um you know i think that will take some time to settle out but you know they're they're pushing those assets forward they had the the you know a lot of the team uh, to begin with uh, as we split the the management teams to, to to staff or and odev um but you might see some fluctuation i, I frankly don't know where that sells out but you're trying to build two mines it does require two two pretty full teams so you should expect that to to grow uh i think you know in in due course we'll see what that grows to
4: right thanks that makes sense uh and my second question is on san antonio do you have an update on that asset are you still expecting a um an updated mine life later this year and maybe production by year end
1: yeah, look, I think the, the good news there is they're pushing forward on all fronts. And like I said, from a, a standing start, it required, you know, it already had a million ounces of 1.2 grams uh, in forty three one one So it's a pretty good starting point. But there's a lot of value to unlock through um, expiration. They have to do the the engineering. Uh, permitting is one that's, you've heard me say this before, slower in Mexico. Tough to find people in COVID to, 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 to do the work you need them to do. Um, so that's kind of advancing, but all those things are moving forward, uh, leading towards uh, stockpile production. Hopefully, later this year, and then the bigger project taking shape behind it. Uh, exploration has started up. I can't remember if I if I listed that. That's that'll be significant in terms of value unlocking, uh, and showing what we believe to be a bigger uh, a bigger project there. Um, and the last thing I would say is, you know, the ODEF team, Sean, uh, have uh, pulled the trigger on a fifteen thousand ton per day crushing circuit it's being shipped to site. Uh, that is, if, if you fill it, that will be significantly higher production than what we were guiding to. Uh, but that's early days. Uh, the, I think the intent is to keep that as full as possible, uh, but they need to finish the work, exploration, uh, engineering, permitting to get there. So I'd say stay tuned. It's still only been, um, you know, uh, a short period of time since they've put their, their hands around that asset. So far, everything bodes well. Uh, there'll be more details uh, throughout the year for sure. Great.
2: Thanks. That's all my questions.
1: No problem. Thank you, Lee.
2: There are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to Mr. Sandeep Singh for closing remarks.
1: Great. Thank you, operator. And look, thanks. Thanks for everyone. We've, we've gone over uh, Probably the hour that people uh, anticipated. So, thanks for hanging in there with us. If you did to the end of the call, hopefully that gives you a good impression of where we are as a company, which we are very excited about. Um, and uh, without dragging on too long, I'll, I'll thank you for your time and, uh, and chat with you again soon. And this,
2: concludes, you. and this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. C'est à la conférence d'aujourd'hui. Merci pour votre participation. Veuillez raccrocher, s'il vous plaît. Thank
0: you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website.
1: See you next time.